there's going to come a point this morning when you're going to see yourself. There's going to come a point in this sermon where you're going to identify yourself. I want to invite you right now to, at that point, to prepare for that point by just saying, yes, God. Just being open to what God might say to you. And maybe we could start by asking this question. How deep are you willing to let God go? So turn with me to Mark chapter 4 and listen up. Well, I'm not really saying that. Actually, that's what Jesus says when we come to this passage of Scripture. Eventually, we'll hear him say it this way. Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. That word for hearing suggests listening, but also listening continually. It's the idea of hearing and and just keep hearing. It's the idea of, hey, listen up and keep listening up. And that's a really good way to view this season we find ourselves in that we call Lent, the season in the church year. For what we embrace in these 40 days before Easter, not counting those Sundays, and we embrace this time to slow down, to listen up, and to let God speak deeply into our lives. And let God grow us by his grace into people who bear fruit, who truly bear fruit in this world. And yet, too often when we view this season, this time of year, we view it as simply an effort in subtraction. Fasting, we talk about repentance, we talk about mortality, we talk about sacrifice. These themes are often viewed as negative in this world of ours of indulgence and abundance and even some kind of pursuit of the fountain of youth. But what if we have the wrong calculus? What if we have the wrong calculation? What if Lent is actually not really about subtraction? Yes, certainly that's part of it. But what if Lent also is not about addition? I know that we add practices to our regular life during Lent, but what if it's not really about addition? What if we have the wrong calculation? What if Lent is about multiplication? Multiplying the presence and the power and the peace and the purpose of Christ in our lives. What if Lent is about growing? And you see, that's the great invitation. That's the sacred invitation from God to us in this season. So, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. Today we're going to look at one of the most famous parables in the Gospels, in Mark's Gospel, chapter 4. But before we get there, we see Jesus is constantly on the move. We find him in different locations, in different settings, with different people. In Mark chapter 3, follow Jesus as he teaches in the synagogue among the religious establishment, and he breaks all the rules of the religious establishment by healing on the Sabbath. Go with him as he withdraws to the lake, and yet he is swarmed by the masses. Take a hike with him as he hikes up a mountainside, seeking 
to find time alone. And there he selects his closest partners in ministry. And then go with him to a home. As he's there in the home, he, he establishes for us, he makes sure everyone understands that relationship to him is the primary relationship in all relationships. And over and over and over, Jesus keeps going from place to place, people to people, and he places himself in his kingdom in the center of life time and again. And so it's appropriate for us to read these words in verse 1 of chapter 4. Again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. And the lesson today, well, it begins in Mark's gospel. The crowd that gathered around him was so large that he got into a boat and sat on the lake. While all the people were along the shore at the water's edge, he taught them many things by parables. And in his teaching, he said, listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed and he was scattering the seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants so that they did not bear grain. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, it grew, it, it produced a crop, some multiplying 30, some 60, some 100 times. Then Jesus said, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. This is the gospel of our Savior Jesus for us today. Thanks be to God. I would invite you to stay open, if you would. Keep your device open or your Bible open to Mark's gospel, chapter 4. We're going to dip back in. But reading these words from Jesus in February, especially after a day like yesterday, which was just cold and messy, they create a longing for the budding of the trees and the flowers that come with the warmth in spring. In this season that is cold and austere, it feels nothing like the growing seasons of spring and summer that we long for. And you know, this season of Lent can be like that to us in some ways, right? It does not seem like a season of growing. It falls literally in the middle of winter. And different seasons of life are like that. Seasons that are hard and cold, and dark. And we struggle to see those seasons as growing seasons. I know I do. What about you? But here's a reality that we must keep before us. It is always growing season for those who seek to follow Jesus. For the most part, this passage seems pretty straightforward to us, doesn't it? Seed gets planted, um, depending on the soil conditions, success or failure is determined. Uh, end of the parable, end of story, right? But let's dig down deep into the soil of this passage. Let's get the hands of our hearts dirty in this soil of this passage today. And let's listen for the voice of Jesus to speak to us. In this parable, there are three, let's just call them main characters. 
There is the sower, there is the seed, and there is the soil. But let's start with the prodigal sower. That's right, the prodigal sower. In our imagination of what planting a harvest looks like, when we read this passage, this is nothing like anything that we would imagine. We imagine a well-honed system with tight rows and strategic plantings. We read this parable and we would find fault with this farmer for being reckless in his inefficiency. He seems to be a prodigal farmer, a prodigal sower. But the picture is of a farmer with a seed bag by his side. And he is just taking the seed and he is just broadcasting it everywhere, all across the landscape of his farm. Handful after handful of seed is thrown into the air and then it is spread all over the ground. Yes, he's been working the soil. Yes, he has some kind of plan. But at the heart of his plan, at the heart of his plan is his abundant and generous provision of seed. That's at the heart. He sows with what seems like reckless abandon. He doesn't really care where the seed falls. He's just wanting the seed to fall everywhere with the hope of a harvest somewhere that the seed falls. Now today, can you imagine with me God as the generous sower of the seed of grace in your life? That God is just sowing seed into your life and into my life. Can you see that God is tirelessly spreading seed all over our lives, all over the way of our lives? Can you see God just generously walking through the world, all through our world, and just throwing the seed of his abundant love and grace and holiness? That's what he comes with. He comes with this abundance, wanting for every life to flourish as a result of his grace. That is God's heart for every single person. Jesus gives us a picture of this extravagant God, in my mind, in Matthew's Gospel, in the Sermon on the Mount, in verse 45. He's just finished talking about loving your enemy. And then he says this, For he gives his sunlight to both the evil and the good, and he sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. It's this picture of this seemingly reckless God letting the seeds of his love be let loose all over the world. Now the impact of that was captured in the lives of the earliest followers of Jesus. In Acts chapter 4, we read these words. The apostles continued to bear powerful witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And here it is. An abundance of grace was at work among them all. Hear that again. An abundance of grace was at work among them all. When I I hear that, it speaks to me about the abundant opportunities we have in God to grow. We can't blame God for not growing in the life of faith. It's very easy to do that. We all want to do that at times. But we can't blame God for this lack of growing in the life of faith. Opportunity after opportunity has been presented to us. When describing Jesus, John talked about grace upon grace be given to us in the world. 
Now, I know you're probably weary of hearing these words that I've been quoting now for months. But I want to quote them one more time. They're the words of Ruth Burroughs when she says, there is never a moment when divine love is not at work. I would invite you to speak that out loud, to repeat that. There is never a moment when divine love is not at work. This very moment in your life and in my life, the sower is sowing divine love into your life and in my life. There is never a moment when divine love is not at work. It doesn't feel like it all the time. It doesn't look like it all the time. But this is the abundant God. This is, the, this is that prodigal God. This is that God that seems he's, he's sowing with reckless abandon his grace and his mercy and his love to us. It may not look like he's working, but there's never a moment when divine love is not at work. First among the opportunities is the very gospel itself. Now, Matthew's gospel describes the seed this way. Jesus calls the seed the message of the kingdom of God. The abundant sower is sowing for the kingdom, and he desires to grow us into kingdom people, kingdom of God people, before we grow into anything else. The primary goal of Jesus sowing his seed into our lives is that we are more shaped by the reign of God than by the rule of men. Hear that. We need to be more shaped by the reign of God than by the rule of men. His primary desire is that we're more formed by the desires of God than by the wants we have more crafted by the love of God than by the disordered loves we have in our life, those disordered attachments that we attach to more than we attach to God. We can sometimes call those idols. In these days we find ourselves in, we as recipients of the seed of grace need to just stop and we need to ask, am I growing according to the plan of the, the prodigal sower, the abundant God, the God whose love is at work, even this moment in my life, am I growing according to his kingdom desire? So, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. Which brings us from the prodigal sower to the plentiful seed. This message about the kingdom is for everyone. I know that we would say that. There's not a person I know that probably wouldn't say that. As the sower sows the seed, we learn that it lands on hard-packed trails that runs through the farm. It makes its way to ground that is tangled with weeds. It falls on those places where the topsoil is just a thin layer over a limestone shelf. And yes, it, it falls into that deep, deep, rich, nutritious soil as well. As I read this, I am struck by how this very good seed, the same seed with the same potential, the same opportunity, this very good seed is distributed to every soil type. Every soil type. And as I think about that, I think about something else, some other words that come to my mind that, that remind me about God in this. And it's these words, quite simply. For God so loved the world. Every soil type. What if we saw the message of the kingdom as a message for everyone and it's to be given to everyone? 
I know we say that, but what if we actually believed that? What if we actually truly believed that the message of the kingdom is for everyone and is to be given to everyone? What if we actually believed it's even to be given to me, to us? Do you believe today that the message of the kingdom is for you? Is for me, for us? Do you believe that? Do you believe that the message of the kingdom is for your neighbor, for your family members, for every single person? The words of the hymn, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing, come to my mind when we hear the lyric, Oh, to grace how great a debtor, daily I'm constrained to be. Whenever I hear that, I, I pause in my mind at that lyric, Oh, to grace how great a debtor, do I recognize how much of a debtor I actually am to grace. Oh, to grace how great a debtor, daily I'm constrained to be. Let that grace now, like a fetter, bind my wandering heart to thee. Let that grace be a tether in my life that tethers me to the God whose divine love is always at work. But then because of that, because I'm, I'm bound to God's heart, because I'm bound to God's grace in my life, it is not my task to designate which seed kernel has the best chance? Could it be that we need to be more focused on getting as much seed to as many places as possible and let the farmer worry about the outcomes? <laughs> let the farmer who has the plan, who's tilled the soil, who's throwing seed everywhere, let the farmer worry about the, out the outcomes? Can we be that free to release that to God? You see, if you read the way the Pharisees felt about those who were unlike them, you would imagine that they would limit the terrain of their seed. <laughs> they would limit it. They would make sure it would fall in a specific place, hoping for only their type of ground to be farmed. They would say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it just here. This is the, the best soil. I'm not going to forget about those weedy places. Forget about the hard pan. I'm just, I'm just going here. David Garland has an interesting view of that. He says, clearly, they would exclude, the Pharisees would exclude lepers and sinners and tax collectors as barren soil, not worth the waste of seed. As it turns out, the Pharisees will be soil least receptive to the seed, but Jesus still sows lavishly. He even sows to the Pharisees. It, it turns out that these most religious of people were the, were the ones <laughs> who had the least receptive soil. Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. I wonder... Is there anyone that I see as barren soil? I would never declare that publicly. You would never declare that publicly. But is there anyone we see as barren soil? We wouldn't say it, but maybe it's our actions, it's our attitude, it's our social media interactions, it's our private conversations, it's those thoughts we have that no one else sees. No one else hears the conversations we have with our own soul. 
Maybe this is a question to be honest about in this season we call Lent, where it's about self-examination and really looking towards what we need to repent from. Is there anyone I see as barren soil? Anyone, because let's remember, the seed is being thrown and it's hitting every soil. It's for everyone. I wonder, have we sometimes been so busy wanting to seed the land and just the right spot, you know, the spot we think is the right spot, the spot where, where, where the people who will grow up out of that seed will be people just like me. Maybe we're so busy doing that that we actually fail to see the true nature of this kingdom seed. I mean, let's think about it. Of course, of course, you don't throw seed on hand, hard-packed ground. Everyone knows that, except the farmer in the parable. But the farmer in this parable throws it there anyway. Everyone knows you don't throw it among the weeds. Everyone knows you don't throw it into the rocky ground. Everyone knows you don't throw it on the hard-packed trail. But the farmer throws it there anyway. And so do we know that Jesus himself is the farmer? Perhaps we need to imagine that Jesus does all this in the hope that maybe, just maybe, just maybe, even defying the odds, that the seed takes root. Here's one of the most inclusive scriptures in all of the Bible. You know these words, perhaps. This is what Jesus said in John 14. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Those are some of the most inclusive words in the Bible because here's the deal. The way is for anyone. For everyone. Jesus just says, I'm it. It's for everyone. He's for anyone. That is why the seed reaches every kind of soil imaginable. So, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. Lord, begin with mine. There's this prodigal sower. Man, he's just heaving that seed everywhere. There's this, this plentiful seed all kinds of seed of grace and love and holiness, the very presence of Jesus. But then there's this prepared soil. Every one of the types of soils listed in this parable have a level of accessibility and receptivity. Whether that is a deep receptivity or a hard-panned rejection. And maybe this is where our practice of Lent can help us. It seems like the biblical practices of fasting and self-examination and spiritual reading and specific times and types of prayer, if we're not careful, that can easily devolve into an exercise of just religion making us just more good religious people, which isn't the purpose. But rather... These practices raises a question about growing. Questions like these. Am I prepared to let the seed of the kingdom of God go down deep? Am I, am I prepared to let the reign and rule of God? The very first song we listened to as the instrumentalists were playing, you can find it on our YouTube post. The very first one is reign over me. Reign over me. Can I, can I let that seed get down deep into my motivations, my heart, my mind? 
How deep will I let the seed of God go, the kingdom of God go? How will I allow it to change me? Will I allow it to change me, especially where I don't want to change? Am I prepared for the seed of God's work? Now, we make a mistake when we come to this section on the soils because we often think it's just about our good works. We often think it's just about our own efforts, but that's not what it's about. What it's about is about being open and receptive and allowing God access to work in my life. Remember I said right at the very start that at some point, you're going to see yourself. You're going to identify yourself. And, and I said, be open, be receptive, be prepared. Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. Because this parable invites us to contemplate the receptivity of the soil of our lives. Our receptivity to God. Later in the chapter, Jesus explains this way. So listen up, listen closely. Verse 15. Some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Maybe this is a life that has just tuned God out, has bought into the lie that there is no God. A person who's influenced most by the world, by a world without God. A person who has decided that they do not have room for God in their life. Is this your soil? Be honest, is this your soil? I do have news for you. God is throwing seed your way. He's throwing his grace and his love and his holiness your way. Is this your soil? Jesus then says, others, and there's always others, it seems, with Jesus. Others, like seeds sown on rocky places, hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root because it's this rocky ground, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Remember the images of the sun coming up and scorching that seed. When things get hot in life, as Jesus put it, trouble or persecution, they quickly fall away. And it causes me to ask a very hard question of myself, and it's this. Am I living in the shallows? Am I content to live in the shadows of some kind of religious life? Am I content to live in the shadows, not really letting God go down deep, keeping the issues up top here, the issues that actually are not eternal? Do I give a nod to religious things where God is on my lips but faith is not in my heart and maybe I even am a functional atheist. God's name is on my lips but faith isn't really working in my heart. And when hardship comes, I have no depth to reach into. Is this your soil? Good news, seeds coming your way. Still others, Jesus said in verse 18, like seeds sown among thorns, hear the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. I don't know if you've noticed, I think I've realized more than any time in my life in the last year that life is filled with compounded issues. That is complex. 
compounded, compounded losses, compounded grief, compounded frustrations, compounded issues of the world, compounded relationships, compounded issues in family. And, and here, not just one of these is listed. There's worries of life, about stressors of life in the world. There's the belief that material things will solve the problems. There's the anxiety of never having enough. This is the distracted life. This is the tangled life. It's tangled in worldly concerns. Is your heart tangled up with worldly concerns? Is my heart, do I allow the worldly things, the worldly idols, the worldly issues to tangle up my heart and choke out the true nature of the kingdom of God, the true reign and rule of God's love and his peace and his holiness and his justice and his goodness in my life. My life may even look fruitful in this case, but the weeds of the world choke the true kingdom way. And remember what we said? That's what Jesus is after. He's after a kingdom people. But then others, Jesus said, like seeds sown on good soil, hear the word, they accept it, and they produce a crop, some 30, some 60, some 100 times what was sown. All right, let's all admit it. This is the soil we all want. This is it. The soil takes in the seed. It, it just sucks it in. The soil wants the seed. This soil wants the seed of God's kingdom and nurtures it. It lets the kingdom sink down deep in the deepest part of life. Beyond the fears that assail us. Beyond the temptations that distract us. Beyond the things that tangle us up. Beyond the desires that pull at us and the discouragements that deflate us. I'm not saying none of those things are not real. None of those things don't come our way. They do. But there's something that goes down deeper still. Which soil are you? Which soil am I? Will I allow for God to move beyond the superficial places of life to become the center of the deepest part of my life? I guess we're saying, will I, allow, will I allow Jesus to be my life? How deep will I let him go? Because here's the news, here's the news. He is trying to get there this morning, right now, in your life, in my life. The sower is throwing seed and he is trying to get in the deep place of your life right now. This morning in the devotional Sacred Invitations, Jess Middendorf writes these words. It becomes easy to focus on the bad news. Isn't that the understatement of the year? It becomes easy to focus on the bad news, the rocky soil, or the thorns threatening to choke out any hope that God's grace is at work in our world, and I'll add, or our lives. But Jesus made it clear, the sower is at work, the seed is being scattered, the crop will grow and produce far more than we knew or expected. You see, here's the good news, here's the good news, God is already at work. 
God is already seeding your heart. God is already seeding the world. He's doing that especially through you and me. And God is ready. He is ready. He is ready, willing, and able to bring a harvest of the finest fruit. This is how the scriptures put it. The kind of fruit in our lives, this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Wow. We need that fruit. So here's the good news for our lives and for our world. Listen. A farmer went out to sow seed. Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. Now, what will you do with the seed that has fallen on you. Get ready to grow. Amen. Let's pray together as our instrumentalists come. Thank you, Lord God, for your gospel today. Lord, you have called us higher. You have called us deeper. So may we go where you will lead us, Lord. Soften our hard pan hearts. Give us roots that run deep in you. Detangle our hearts and minds from that which chokes off grace for us and grace through us. And may we be receptive to the seed of your transforming presence and love at the deepest places. Amen. My friends, our instrumentalists are going to play the song Calling Us Higher. He's calling us to higher ground. He's calling us to deeper devotion. He's calling us to root deep in Jesus. I pray that as we go from this place today, wherever we are, wherever we find ourselves, that as he calls us higher and he calls us deeper, that we will go where he wants us to go, that we will look at our lives. Which soil are you? Where did you identify yourself? He's throwing seed your way. May by faith, may by faith, we just trust him to work deeply in us. And those things that we need to move, those things we need to walk away from, those things we need to change by his grace, May we change so that we would just open up the soil so you can plant his grace, his peace, his forgiveness, his love, and his mercy into our lives. 
Get ready to grow, my friends. God is throwing seed your way.